we've got now 55 or 60 properties at any one time because they come and go the way we cash out. And none of those are we on any loans of any type. And then you're listening to the right club podcast where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at the right And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hello, Right Club Nation. This is Danielle Saint-Jean, one of the co-founders. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? What's The Rock? Well, it's the Right Club online community, a place where you can go to find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all the podcast episodes and hours of videos with a wide range of real estate investing, training and education and much more. It's free to join. So be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now on with the podcast. Right Club Nation, welcome back to another awesome podcast. I'm here with Laurel Simmons. I'm Sarah Larby and we've got a great guest on today, Chris Prefontaine, who will talk to us about terms and a really cool new rent to own concept and mixed in with the vendor take back. So stay tuned so that you can uh, get so much insight from today's podcast and content from Chris. But before we get into that, I want to, you know, say Laurel, it's always a pleasure to podcast with you and what's new in your world. Hey, it's just, uh, it's, I don't know about you, Sarah, but well, I do know about you. I know you're really busy and we're really busy too. It's, uh, it's uh, this, this, the situation we're in right now has not slowed us down at all. We're growing the right club. All kinds of things are happening. Um, yes, we're, we're virtual, but it doesn't matter, does it? Like things are really, really moving. So um, those of us in the real estate world are, uh, it, it, we're scrambling just to keep up with what's going on. And, and then you put an ad into that planning and things you want to do in, in the future. It, it gets really insane sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will say though, Right Club Nation, if you're listening to this as a podcast, um, don't forget, we also have really cool webinars and they are roughly about twice a month. Check out the rightclub.com. They're free at this point. You may as well educate yourself and, uh, and learn because I think there's going to be some great opportunities coming up shortly. And uh, if you're you know, looking to tweak some of the information or some of your knowledge, this is going to be a great time to do so as we're you know, Zooming a lot, you know, look at and, and learn from some great webinars. So yeah. all you have to do is go to therightclub.com and sign up. It's free, right? Just yeah. go become part of our community. We'd love to see you there. Absolutely. And guys, you know, say hi on the forums, reach out to me there, reach out to Laura on the forums, ask your questions. I'm happy to answer your questions that you guys have as well. But, uh, you know, Laurel, what do you think? Shall we, uh, shall we bring Chris on? Let's do it. All right. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Good to see you again. Yes, absolutely. And for those that, uh, that may be wondering what, who you are, and they might already know a little bit of you from my podcast. However, for somebody that hasn't heard of you prior or spoken to you or read your book, give us a, an overview of what it is that you do when it comes to real estate investing. Sure. So we buy and sell on terms. We can get into a little bit of what that means, but, but 10,000 foot view, it means no cash, no taking out bank loans. And when I say we, it's myself and my family, my son-in-law, Zach, and my son, Nick, primarily. 
and we buy and sell in a three-state area uh, in the U.S., but we then go off and partner with people all over North America and help them do deals as part of a coaching program slash partnership. Uh, I think it's the best way to learn. So we've rolled that out in a big way. Awesome. Now you have Canadian investors as well that work with you from, from my knowledge. How is it for Canadians? Like what are some things that we need to learn just investing in the U.S. that you can share with us from a Canadian you know, investor perspective? Well, uh, good question. Yes, we do have a bunch of Canadians. That's why I said North America now, which is nice to have. They are operating in Canada and some are operating from Canada into U.S. because the terms business, I mean, this is not new. We've wrapped the system in a support around it, but buying and selling on owner financing and lease purchase is certainly not a new endeavor. It's been around since 1800s, right? So they can either do it right in Canada or they can uh, certainly do it virtual from Canada to the uh, United States or frankly anywhere. We have people most recently in Israel buying in the United States through terms. So, I mean, it's, it's not too difficult. It's like the virtual world now is accepted, as you guys know. So it's not like it's a new thing. People welcome that now. Okay, cool. So let's take a step back now. Let's define what all of this is, right? So what does, you know, buying through term mean? And, you know, like what is, walk us through that whole process of what it is exactly that you do from a strategy standpoint. Sure. So coming out of the 08 crash, okay, that's where it started. I said, okay, I can't get beat up like this again. And I got beat up because I was on bank loans personally. So when you sign personally, banks come looking for you, right? When things go astray. And so we started to redesign what the model might look like. And that was what led us to this. And the terms business is simply lease purchase or owner financing. Let's keep it simple to those two methods right now. Owner financing, I know means a lot to a lot of people, but to our niche, here's what it means. We look for people that are free and clear. They do not owe anything on the property. In any given market, not exactly, but you're going to hover around a third of the properties being debt-free. In any given market, a third of the property, sometimes higher. And so we tend to fish in that pond, so to speak. And when we structure a purchase with a seller on uh, owner financing terms, we usually structure principal only payments. So picture that for a recession hedge, picture that for a massive principal reduction throughout the term of the loan. And while we're doing that, we're putting buyers in on a rent to own basis who need time to either improve credit, improve down payment, just time to get their act together, whatever it might be, they need time so we purchase the homeowner financing and we sell it on a rent to own, eventually cashing out all parties within two, five, seven years, the terms will differ. So that's the owner financing niche by itself. The uh, lease purchase, a little different. Lease purchase, let's um, I'll give you another example. There's so many ways to give it. Lease purchase, let's say, Sarah, you have a home and it's worth, we agree, 300,000. And let's say you owe 250. It's not a stress situation. You just weren't able to sell in the open market, be it COVID or whatever other challenges. So we say to you, okay, Sarah, we will stop making mortgage payments on your behalf. Loan stays in your name. It's only a lease. And we will, at the end of the term, let's call it 36 months, we will give you that 50000 in equity that you think you have that you weren't able to get on the market. And at the same time, we're going to pay off the underlying loan. Now, the underlying loan three years later will be less, right? Because we're paying those payments. So we, the investor, uh, get the benefit of that principal pay down. Now, how do we exit that to make sure that the payments do get made and we don't come out of pocket? And how do we eventually give you your 50 and your 250 or less? Well, we put another rental buyer in there. That's how we exit all our properties. So those are the two main methods. I can go deeper into any one of them if you guys want to dive in a little bit. Well, I have a question about the owner financing. So can you tell us what is the 
What's the advantage for the owner finance uh, for the owner? You said that it's it's simply uh, what they they pay, you you pay them the there's no interest on that. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So what what's the advantage for them? Why would they do that if it's you know they've got this equity tied up in their home, right? So why would they do that? A couple of things. That's the biggest question we get. One is um, I we bought our office building this way, and so the gentleman is a big investor. So why would he do it? Uh, one is estate planning. One is tax planning, not to get hit with all the tax all at once. And third is, and this is a biggie, a lot of times the people that have all this equity, especially debt-free, they want their price. They don't need it yesterday. They won't discount. They want their price. With owner financing, if I'm getting principal pay down, I don't mind giving them their price. In fact, I can pay a premium above and beyond their price. So they love that. We just did a deal recently in a, in a little square in a community and a bunch of um, elderly people own these buildings and they wanted them sold off and all they cared about was price. It didn't matter how they got there. They were just stuck on price. So call it ego, call it smart financial, they want the price. So all of those reasons usually play into the, play into the mix. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. I want to take a quick pause from the podcast to introduce you to some of my amazing contractors. On this week's episode, I wanted to introduce you to Rob and Joel from White's Elm Design Build. And Rob and Joel just finished my major renovations on my latest Burlington project. And it was a full renovation and absolutely worth it. They've been super easy to work with. I wanted to give you guys some insights on some of the services that they offer their clients and they focus on Oakville to Hamilton and beyond, but they're really great. Like if you guys are ever in a property and you want to FaceTime or video call Rob or Joel, they can actually give you some insights on what to look for and also how much we are looking at renovations. Because if you're thinking about doing a flip or a burr project, the rhino part is really important to get right to also figure out how much it's going to cost and what renos are going to be needed to get the actual maximum after repair value. So super important. They will gladly do these video calls or conference calls with you guys to give you some of those insights. They're really good at getting back to clients quickly. They can also do physical walkthroughs. If you guys are thinking about purchasing a property or you have it under contract, they can do that with you. They're super professional and uh, they've been very involved in my latest project and uh, really on the ball. So super easy to communicate with. They finished on time, on budget, which is really important as we know. And they've got a whole team of trades. They line them up so that they're as efficient as possible. And they work with a lot of investors, but they also do some of the higher end flip types of projects too. So they work on everything in between. They're fully licensed, insured, WSIB covered. So feel free to reach out to them. They are able to be found at whiteelmdesignbuild.com. That is whiteelmdesignbuild.com. Or you can send them an email, joel, J-O-E-L, at white elmdesignbuild.com or rob at whiteelmdesignbuild.com. Good luck on your next projects. Now back to the show. Awesome. So, I mean, it, it is, you know, quite interesting what, uh, what you have access to, because I will say in Canada, 
Unfortunately, we don't have the same ability to pull lists like in the U.S. just because of our, our privacy laws, right? So where you can actually target a certain, you know, type of property where there is, you know, it's free and clear as an example, like we don't have those, those abilities. So I think that's a, a big advantage, you know, and it, it is quite interesting to see the different markets. So obviously you're, you're investing in the U.S., you're, you're working with people across North America, and you mentioned at the beginning that you're focusing on three markets. Can you talk about those markets and, and why those markets? That was referring to just our geographic market, Sarah. So I tell people, whether you're in Canada or US, I tell people stay within where you are. You can do virtual anywhere you want, but you, but you must well stay within a 50 mile radius of where you are right now. So we stay in Massachusetts, Rhode Island and Connecticut in our, in our area. But that's just because it's geographically easy to do that. We live on an island. So we actually have to leave the island to get to these properties. So we actually have a tough area, immediate area to buy in. But to your point earlier with the lead generation, we do have people in Canada going the expired listing route or the for sale by owner route. That Those are two of our three main sources. The owner financing is a little bit more advanced where we target it, but expired listings and for sale by owners are a great lead source as well. Yeah. And the other thing I would just say is, is owner financing is, is also, I think the like Canadian terminology often is vendor take back. Vendor take back, right? yep. yeah where the seller holds the mortgage essentially and becomes the bank. Yeah. Just in case people are, are wondering the, the differences, it's essentially the same yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. So can you, can you just walk us through like how you even got started in what you're doing in the strategy, what your current real estate portfolio looks like today and just walk us through that journey? Yeah, sure. So it started with that kind of that 08 pivot because I call it the 08 debacle. I mean, the, on a national basis, we got crushed. So that caused us to say, how might we operate if we're going to keep going in real estate? I was so beat up that I almost didn't come back in the, in the business at all. And so when we defined the rules, it was pretty much what I said to you, no putting money up, no targeting investors, none of that, because that made me stay up at night worried. And so fast forward, what we ended up doing was, this was back in like 2012, when we started just pivoting and doing terms only with laser focus. We've got now 55 or 60 properties at any one time because they come and go the way we cash out. And none of those are we on any loans of any type. And then what happens is some of them, people say to me, well, why would you want to keep some? Like, why do you do the rent own and always cash out? The answer is we don't always cash out. I can find a property on owner financing. I can extend terms. I can do 20 year deals. I can stay in them if I want, but for a new investor, usually they want to get some cash flow going. And for say a wholesaler or a builder or a rehabber, they only get one check for a deal, right? They do a deal, they get a check. The way we cash out, we actually get three paydays. We actually trademark that three paydays per deal because we're getting an upfront payment from the buyer when we install them in the home. We're getting a, a monthly spread from the buyer between what we're paying and what we're collecting. And we're getting a long-term payment on that principal pay down and the price markup. There's actually no, if you think about that, that business model, there's no better business model, cash now, cash continuously, and then cash long-term. It's like the best of all worlds in any business. So that's how we operate our portfolio and that's how we teach it. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation. We want to take a quick break from the podcast to introduce you to a longtime supporter of the Right Club and many members of the Right Club Nation, Mr. Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We as Elevation Realty are the sponsor for the real estate slot at the Right Club, and we have been attending since the second Right Club. 
We are an investment-focused, high-volume real estate team serving the Golden Horseshoe from Oakville down to Niagara. If you are looking to increase your cash flows or you want to find an incredible opportunity, we deal with builders, we deal with off-market opportunities, as well as we are very creative and negotiate the best deal for even on-market opportunities. We've helped a number of clients with the right club, find flips, single-family rentals, duplex conversions, three- and four-unit renovations, all the way up to large residential buildings with high cash flow. A little bit about myself, if you haven't heard, personally, I've scaled over 300 doors in the last two years, which has given me a ton of experience in, in analyzing all the deals that may come across my desk for you. So if you're interested in learning more, please reach out to us at 905-592-4220, or you can email us at admin at elevationrealty.ca, that is admin at E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, and let's sit down and create your investment dream portfolio. Guys, and I have to say, I stand behind Elevation and Dylan. They found me. My last few properties have done an amazing job. 100% recommend them. So thank you for all your hard work. Now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. How easy is it for you to find people to actually go into the, I mean, into the rent to own? I'm talking about the tenant buyers. Are you um, finding any difficulty there, especially now with the way things are? Actually, the, uh, two, two answers to that, very good question. The way things are now is driving a lot more to us because banks, everybody says, well, rates are low, great, but they also raise the bar for the criteria to get the loan. And so we tripled our business literally from April on and it's still going all around North America because of that. And as far as finding them, even prior to COVID, there's such a big pool of buyers. In any given market, you'll have like between 60 and 82% of the buyer pool if you took a snapshot in time, they can't get a loan today. They either don't have enough down for the criteria or in, in especially in the United States, the credit criteria. So it just depends on uh, the particular buyer, but there's always massive amounts. That's the easiest part. The harder part is to find the property. And once you do, you have an onslaught of people looking for terms. You During COVID, we were like the only door open, so to speak, right? Because banks are so tight. Uh, we have what we call jumbo loans right here. I don't, I don't know if it's the exact same in Canada, but over a certain price range in certain markets, it changes. Those are very difficult to get. That You have to be stronger financially and credit worthy. And that became very difficult. It almost became non-existent for a few months during COVID. Well, where did they go? They came to us for the higher end properties. That's what they did. Because now they needed time to save more or time to get their uh, affairs in order. So it's actually driving more and more buyers to us. Yeah, in, in Canada, I mean, the the, um, the feds and, and, and the banks are constantly raising the bar and making it more difficult yeah. for for people to qualify for for mortgages. And yet there's a huge demand. I mean, we've, we've uh, you know, like just the Toronto area right now is insane in Vancouver, even though prices have gone up, there's still such a demand and around those areas because people are fleeing the cities. And right, same. You know, it, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous what's going on right now. It's, there's so much demand. So many people want it, and yet it's harder and harder to get the financing. Yeah, I have a gentleman in Canada that said, and I didn't, I didn't know it was this set in stone. You, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. He said that most banks won't do loans under 20% down. And so he was having a great level of success with the rent to own because he was getting nice deposits up front. They were expecting that. Is that the case that there's that 20% is pretty much the norm? 
Yeah. So as an investment property, if you're buying an investment not to live in, it is 20%. If you're buying an investment like a duplex or even a triplex yeah. or a single, and you're planning on living in it, then you can get away with five or 10% yeah. with, with insurance, which is CMHC or, or somebody to, you know, to insure that mortgage because you don't have the 20% down, but you're right. Like it is a completely different market when you're looking at the U S and Canada. I'll, I'll tell you there's pros and cons to both markets. Right. For sure. I mean, you know, you, we look at like our, our vacancy rates and we look at, you know, the market rent appreciation as an example. And, and over time, our appreciation, I think, is stronger than, than many places in the U.S. Um, yes, the prices are more expensive versus what you guys have. Yes, there's more regulations, but there is some stability, too, that some of our markets in Canada has that maybe the U.S. doesn't have as much. Right. So you look at like 08 and 09, like something like that, like where our, our financing system and our, our, and our bank system are very highly regulated. So versus like the U.S. where you guys have like lots of like small independent banks and different things like that. Like for us, it's like there's six major ones across, you know, across Canada, across the whole country. Yes, there's B lenders and trust companies and that kind of stuff, but it's, it's highly regulated. So it's, you know, in a way it, it could be, you know, it's better in, in the sense that you, you're not going to experience, I think in Canada, what we, what you guys experienced back in 08. Yeah. A little bit more steady. Yeah. So, so what's like an average property deal that you do price wise and, and like Brent, maybe run us through the numbers and what that looks like so we can dissect it. Sure. So in my market, I'm always talking from my experience. So in our market, we're going to be somewhere in the 350 to 550 range. That's our sweet spot. Given that sweet spot, those three paydays I mentioned to earlier, we run around 75,000 US, all three of those paydays combined. We have students that run from a low of 45,000 up to a quarter of a million if they have a higher price range because it's just a percentage basis. So a typical lease purchase deal, we call it a sandwich lease where we have the lease purchase and then we have the rent to own. It's about a $75,000 deal. But the, the cool thing about that is I tell people, look, it's not 75 today, but you can sit there and if you get your first six deals, say on a spreadsheet and say, great, I now have this much coming up front. I now have this much monthly, you can, you know, living expenses. And now I have this forecast of two to five years with all this back end payday three coming. So it's pretty predictable at this point, very proven and very profitable. That's a typical deal for us. Now, when you start talking about owner financing with that massive principal pay down, different metrics. Here's the metrics on that. If the home is $200,000 or more, so, so not that high end, and the payment monthly to the seller principal is $900 or more, and you can get at least a four year term, that's a six figure deal, all three paydays. $100,000 and up all the time, three, all three paydays. And we have students that just go after that niche on purpose for that reason. And then to your point earlier, I think one of you said something about rural, people moving out of the city, right? Uh, we had a gentleman in um, Colorado, Chad, who he was previously doing more things that weren't rural and free and clear. And all of a sudden with this change with COVID, his rural properties, his off the grid properties that literally aren't even on the grid with electric, uh, again, a huge demand because people are fleeing and, and he's got some phenomenal deals, all six figures and up. It's, it's a pretty neat model when you start thinking about that. Yeah. So when we go to the vendor take backs, I, I like to call them vendor take backs, you know, how are, so let's just say a student or you've got somebody that's interested in, in figuring out this model. Like what is the first step if they say, oh, I want to really ultimately do that route of a vendor take back and not necessarily have to come up with all of my own, my own cash. What's the process of uncovering and negotiating that and, and you know, maybe walk us through that piece. Uh, so in other words, literally speaking with a seller type thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. How do you, yeah. yeah. So how do you uncover it? How do you create interest, negotiate? What do you tell them essentially for them to, to say, wow, this is, this makes sense. Yeah. So this is all the sales we speak with too, the, to this question. It's always trying to find why they're, you know, the motivation, why they're selling. Cause people say, well, do you try to convince them? No, we just try to find what their motivation is and then try to band-aid that or fix that. Right. So on a free and clear, it would be the, the question right up front, Sarah would be, okay, I see you're asking X, say half a million. Uh, do you need all that up front, or would it be advantageous or could you wait longer term or take it over time if you got your full price or more? And usually that gets their attention because if they needed money, they would have presumably taken it out, right? With a, with a loan on the property. So if the answer is yes, or I'm open to it, then our discussion only becomes viewing the property, of course, virtual or in person. But then the discussion only becomes if you were to do this, how long could you go? Some people say, well, I can't go 20. All right, great. So maybe we can go 15 or 10. Some people say, well, I can't go more than two or three years. So you just you try to get that term in mind. And why is that so important? Because if I'm paying monthly principal payments, and Sarah, let's say you said to me, I could go 10 years versus a four-year deal. That principal pay down over those extra six years is massive. So I can easily say to you, well, you're asking 500. If I'm going to pay you 2000 a month, I don't mind paying you an extra six months worth of interest in my mind, right? So 12,000 extra dollars or whatever it might be, this seller is never going to get a premium on the open market like that. Never, ever, ever. So that gets their attention. And so we just structured two or three different options showing four, seven, 10 year terms, depending on the conversation, but each term that goes further out, the price goes up. So they it's they're obviously in their best you know, interest to say, wow, instead of getting 300,000 for this property, I may be able to get 450, but it's going to be in 10 years from now, essentially. Well, that's a big jump, but yeah, I can get more than 300. Like, let's say I can go from three to 320 to 340, you know, somewhere in that range if I'm pushing those three ideas. 450 would be really pushing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's the big difference is like our appreciation, like just even just like looking at history and you don't want to bank on that. But I think that's one of the big differences too with Canada or, or parts of Canada. I can't say every part of Canada, but, you know, let's just call it the GTA. And, and um, you know, I would say within... A couple hour radius from some of the major cities across the country, our, our appreciation. So that 300 to 450 in 10 years to me, like it could be, you know, it's very, very probable that that's what's going to happen. But in New York, yeah, I agree. But I, when you I look at the agree. markets in the U.S., I would just say you guys have you guys have better cash flow in general, right? So like you can you can buy something for Americans with a lot less down, but you can still get that one percent rule or that two percent rule. Where for us, it's you know, it's not impossible, but it's definitely not common. Yeah. So what we find with that, and that's a good point to hone in on and peel back a little bit. What we find with that is when you have a buyer pool to the, to back to the earlier question, and they don't have a way to get mortgage ready in their mind, like most of them have given up. I didn't think I could do that. Or I was bankrupt and now I thought I needed to wait 10 years, whatever their reasoning is, they thought they were done. Once you have that mentality and that hope that need or that desire to get their family in a home and eventually buy again, they tend to not pay too, too much or not as much attention to the pricing. They want a path. It's like in the US when someone says, I can't get credit cards anymore and some company offers them this credit card at astronomical fees. It's not quite that much because that's gouging, but the point is their mentality is different. Show me a path, show me a path. And they don't get caught up on what the rent might be because they're in their mind, they're a buyer and they get the special path they can go on. So that's what we find in all markets actually. 
So it's really being, a, in a lot of ways, it's being a psychologist, isn't it? It's really getting into the mind of the buyer and the mind of the seller. Yeah, you're fixing, you are. You're fixing whatever they have that they perceive as a problem. Or I shouldn't always paint, it's not always like I have a problem. It's sometimes like the free and clear is, I have a goal, I'm trying to get here. Could you help me financially? You know. So it's, it's a positive sometimes and sometimes a very stressful negative for, for either one of those parties. But yeah, we're just trying to, it's a win-win. It's a, I call it healthy relationship. I was a realtor for years. I sold hundreds of homes, as was my son. And when my son came and joined me back in like 2014, he said, wow, dad, this is so much healthier is the word he used because all parties win here. It's pretty neat. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. And, you know, one of the things that we started talking about as well, your books that you have, can you just give us a little bit of an overview of what information, you know, maybe overview of the content that's in the books and, and what people can learn from reading them? Sure. So Real Estate on Your Terms was the first bestseller. That was in 2017. We happened to revise that coincidentally, started before COVID, came out right after COVID, just got released last month. So it's the newly revised Real Estate on Your Terms with added chapters about thriving in chaos in this in the like so that it's very very current that book goes a through z what we do that you and i just kind of talked about lightly but it goes a through z where do we get the leads then what do we say to them then how do we structure the deal how do you know what deal to structure is it a lease is it an owner financing it goes right through that and then this book actually we added a lot by way of actual students in the field telling their story, the good, the bad, and otherwise, because I want people to understand that it's not always roses, right? There's a whole chapter that talks about what can go wrong. We tend to be very open, very candid, very blunt about that because there's just too much fluff out there, as you guys know. And so I, the book really goes in depth about that. And then the second book that came out was called, is called uh, New Rules of Real Estate. And that was co-authored by my son-in-law, Zach, and my son, Nick, and some guest uh, uh, contributors. Uh, 24 actually experts are in that book so that so the reader now gets a chance to see different niches because they're not so naive to think okay you have to do what we do you have to do terms uh, so we, we expose every niche in that book almost every niche awesome and i think the right club nation are going to be able to access that as well on uh, on your website yeah just go to all i have to say is they heard us on the show to get a free copy electronically just go to free s-r-e-c book dot com forward slash right club awesome cool thanks so much chris for that that's a really generous of you to to offer that to our, our right club nation guys go take a look and read the book and i'm sure you'll get lots of insights go ahead laurel oh i just had a question about more the commercial side because we've been you know there's a lot of um fallout on the commercial side of real estate these days right because yeah. of a lot of places closing businesses going under i mean it's really unfortunate so i just wanted you to give us some insight as to what's going on down in your neck of the woods where uh, in terms of, of the commercial side because it's one thing to go and ask for either a um uh, you know vendor take back from residential mm -hmm. uh, but what about the commercial side how's that working it's actually become a bit easier than it was when the market was hotter for them. Like my building that I bought, I'm at home today, but my building that I bought, as I mentioned lightly earlier, I bought an owner financing with a 20 year note. The, the market is softer for commercial and for office. So the owners are more open to getting creative with the financing if they can maintain their price because they're nervous right now. I'd be if I was them too. If I own a bunch of office buildings, I'd be nervous. So it's actually uh, opened the door to more discussion about creative real estate. I'll give you a stat. Like, like in early 90s, maybe two or 3% of the transactions were done outside of banks creatively like this. That percentage is going up fast. I don't know the exact now, but it was in teens before COVID. 
So I would suspect that over the next decade, you're going to see across North America, you're going to see a lot more deals becoming, uh, uh, being done, being completed on terms. And one of the reasons is what, is what you just asked. Um, so they're out there. The, my building's in an area on this island where most people would say, well, no one's going to do that. They can sell it themselves. No, the owner was seeking, not only on a financing, but he said to me, Chris, I'm not putting a prepayment penalty in this, but I do not want to be paid off early. And he was he's 70, he gave me a 20 year note. He, for, for personal tax and estate planning, he did not want to be paid off early. Yeah, that, that is interesting. And you know, in any good crisis, there's going to be more opportunity in my opinion, right? Like you look at like how you succeeded and, and it was, you know, back in 08 and 09, you started acquiring and, and you scaled from there. At some point, we're going to see the aftermath of what's happening right now. And it's going to be oh, yeah. quite interesting because like our markets, it sounds like your market too, like everyone's just buying right now and just on multiple offers and get trying to get in the market and trying to buy more and acquire and at some point that will subside. But I think in a good, you know, a good market, things are great, but in a market that's a little bit more rocky, that's where the VTBs, the vendor take backs, those opportunities to talk directly with the seller and get the seller to hold the financing for the price that they still want, even though that market might not be there anymore at that same right. amount. Right. That, that could be a huge opportunity for investors that, you know, keep their hand on the pulse and, and what's going on in, in the current market. I couldn't agree more, Sarah. I think in the next six to nine months, and I've told my, my community this over and over, in the next six to nine months, I really feel like there's a big opportunity for people to change their life with, with real estate if they've been seeking to try to do that. And so a lot of people who maybe lost a job or always thought about it or think they may lose their job this winter, whatever it might be, this is a phenomenal time to get in front of that in the terms world for sure. Yeah. You know, it, it is quite interesting. Now, can you also, also share the, just what Canadian investor would need in order to invest in the U S like, are you able to provide, I know you're not an accountant and guys like do your own due diligence, but you know, are we, so if we can't get something on terms or vendor take back as an example from a Canadian buying into the U S from a financing point of view and some of your students, like what have you been seeing? On these types of deals we're talking about? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Same exact setup as, as we are, just that they're doing it virtual. Literally, there's no other difference. And so what would be required money-wise? Train. They have to get themselves trained first, right? That's the big issue. It's not, can they do it? It's, can they get trained? And whether it's me or someone else, I always say this. I always say three things. Find a niche you, you think you can get behind, you can be passionate about. Find someone in that niche, it doesn't have to be me, it could be anyone that you can relate to from a value standpoint or whatever else you, you, you wanna connect with. But then third, follow that with blinders for 36 months. If you do that, you'll have a great experience. I don't care where you're gonna try to invest, it doesn't matter. And in fact, you could use that formula for any business, not just real estate. Yeah, absolutely, some great insight. Yeah, that's the truth, isn't it? Like just focus, it's pretty simple, focus. <laughs> Too many shiny objects. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So Sarah, is it time for our lightning round? It sure is. So Chris, we are going to ask you a series of four questions. You're going to give us the first answer that comes to mind. Just keep it short and sure. sweet. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. 
This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Question number one, what is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Follow success, at least clues. In other words, a mentor, a guide, or a coach. Okay, awesome. Okay, question number two. What's your favorite resource for real estate investing? And that can be anything, book, training, event, person, what your favorite resource? Favorite resource right now, it's a program called FreedomSoft that we've built out to get all the stuff we need in real estate, data, leads, everything. All right, and where can people find out more about that? I believe they can go to smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash FreedomSoft. I think it's a direct. Direct link, okay. And question number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful in your opinion? Similar to the first one, seeking training. I I can look back and attribute training or masterminds to millions of dollars, literally. So training or mastermind environments. All right. And the last question, what do you typically do on a Sunday morning? Sunday morning, read. What what do you read? Uh, it depends. That's a, that's a good question. So it depends where I am in life or business, right? So right this second, I happen to be focusing on a, a company called Table Group. They talk about how to run culture in your business. When I'm done that series of books, I might work on something else within either business or personal. But right now, that's what I'm in. All about culture. They're all little parables too. They're really good uh, for business owners or entrepreneurs. All right. Awesome. Thanks for playing the lightning round. Chris, where can the Right Club Nation reach out if they wanted to know more or speak to you? Yep. They can just go to the main site, smartrealestatecoach.com. There is a a 30 or 35 minute free webinar that my son-in-law Zach and I did. If they don't mind listening to me blab for another 30 minutes, they can check out that free webinar. Awesome. And can you... Can you tell us the uh, one more time, the link where uh, our members can go to, to download the book? Yeah, absolutely. Just go to free, S-R-E-C book.com forward slash read club. All right. Right club, R-E-I-T-E club. And uh, you guys will have access to the free book that Chris wrote. So Chris, we always ask this at the end. What is your final last piece of advice for the right club nation today? You know what, during these crazy times, just that you can do it. Uh, the biggest thing stopping you is only you. And you got a, a nice uh, time right now with a, with a new year, probably close whenever you're going to hear this, that you can do it. Awesome. Thanks, Chris, for being on the show and uh, for sharing a really cool strategy that, you know, is not that common. So thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Good to see you again. Wow, Sarah, like my mind is spinning on all the information that, uh, that Chris just gave us. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a cool, neat concept by combining rent to own essentially with a vendor take back and a way for some investors to really not have much to put into the deal, if anything, right? I mean, the seller essentially gives the loan and, uh, and it's quite an interesting concept. 
I will say though, like, you know, do your due diligence, of course, like their Canadian rules and regulations are different. Taxes are different than the U.S. So, you know, definitely do your homework before, you know, doing anything, but it's a really neat concept. And Chris has done an amazing job and he works with some, you know, students that have been very successful and, uh, and kudos to him. I mean, he's built an empire. He took a, a crisis and, and built from there and, you know, really tailored something that I think is, is quite niche. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's not that long, really, 2008, 2009, and look where he is now. But I just find it really, really interesting that he, he saw an opportunity to leverage people who have fully paid off their, their, their homes, um, or and not necessarily their homes, any real estate they have, and how you can, how you can actually use that to benefit everyone, both the, the buyer the vendor and the ultimate um, buyer for the, for the rent to own. It's just a, it's just a really, really interesting concept. Yeah, absolutely. And right club nation. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and a review. That is awesome. It makes my day. I always check them and I'm like, yes, we got another one. So (laughs) that'd be awesome. And, uh, and Laurel, what do we say to the right club nation? Come grow with us until next week. See you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.